Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. She doesn't have the flu. It's like a viral thing. Um, But nonetheless, she woke up with fever um, Friday morning, Saturday morning. She woke up this morning glad to hear that she doesn't have fever this morning, but they will not be here today because you don't take sick kids around other kids. Um, Anyways, that's a whole other message. There you go. Um, You're welcome. Um, But we were in the uh, urgent care. And we were playing heads up, right? If you ever played heads up, it's kind of like, uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. There's like a thing on the screen, and you've got to give clues, and then you kind of ding it. And anyways, we were playing the Bible version of heads up, because there's actually a deck you can play called the Bible version. And so we're playing the Bible version, and it's Chloe giving me hints, and I'm guessing all these things. And um, we're there in the, in the actual room, and she's like, okay, Dad, this is what you are in. And I'm like... Life, And she's like, no, 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 this is what you are. And I'm like, a pastor. She's like, no, 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 this is what you are doing. And I'm like, I have no idea taking care of you. And time expires, I didn't guess it. And the thing pops off and it says adultery. <laughs> and I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's do a little teaching time here about what adultery is. Um, and we both started dying laughing. Um, <laughs> I was like, wow, um, that's a first for me. Um, but um, sometimes things <laughs> get miscommunicated. And so uh, we're going to be talking about communication uh, in this series too. But that was just too great not to share um, as we're starting has nothing to do with my message, just sometimes I think it's fun to share stuff that's funny. Um, today as we get started, I want to talk to you about if I had only found myself, if I had only found myself. And um, today if you're here and you're in a relationship or you're not in a relationship, this message is for you this morning. Um, when when there's, a, there's a holiday that comes around every year that is, it, it, well, it's appropriate, it's acceptable, let's say that. For adults to dress up, and it is called Halloween. And um, I am a fan of Halloween, and we have dressed up for Halloween. That is me as the Mad Hatter, and Charlie is the Mad Hatter. People kept calling me Willy Wonka. I was like, I'm not Willy Wonka, jerk. Um, but um, <laughs> minions, we we've dressed up, and, and kind of the hardest thing to find is what we're going to dress up as. And you're trying to find something that isn't typical. And also, let's be honest, adults. Um, Halloween costumes can get kind of trashy and tasteless, right? 
Let's, let's be honest. Um, it, it's about the kids. It's not about you looking like something. And so this was this year. Uh, me and Chloe dressed, it, dressed up like mustard and ketchup. And Chloe had mustard, and she gave mustard out to everybody she came in contact with. Just random. I mean, there, there was like kids like, I know I hate mustard. She's like, it doesn't matter. You know, trick or treat. Happy Halloween. Um, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, while I meet, we try to figure out what we're going to be each kind of Halloween and it comes around and we're trying to do something together as a family, um, that, that's okay to figure out who we're going to be. But for a lot of us, this is life. Life looks like Halloween and we keep constantly trying to figure out who we are. We're constantly changing every year. I'm not talking about your appearance. I'm not talking about getting a new hairdo. That's not what this is about. I'm not talking about changing your, I'm talking about you keep changing you. And and we believe here that growing equals changing. We do believe that. But I believe that you've got to find yourself at some point, and what changes is the way you act, but not necessarily who you are. And there's a lot of us here that we keep changing who we are, and the reason is, is that we have never, ever found ourselves. In the last two years alone, of being a pastor, a friend, man, I have heard so many people talking about, man, I've just got to, I've just got to find myself. I've just got to, I got to find me. I, I don't know who I am. And, and let me say this: if you are in a relationship and you don't know who you are, you need to get out of that relationship. Not if you're married, but if you're, you need to get out of that relationship and figure out you before you try to figure out we. If you are married, I gotta tell you, the stakes are too high for you not to know who you are. For, for you to find yourself, it, it is cost way too much for you not to know your identity, to have an identity crisis now. And so if you're married in this place and you don't know your identity, hang on. It's not too late. You don't have to get a divorce. You don't have to like, I've just, I, I just never knew myself. But we're going we're gonna to have to walk through this. And you're probably going to have to walk through that with the counselor. And you're probably going to have to put in a whole, hopefully what the goal of this series is this, is that it kind of kickstarts some communication in your relationship. My goal from this series is that we can wipe out the phrase, if I had only fill in the blank. Because I'm convinced as a pastor, if we can get 90% of couples wiping this phrase out, we will save 90% of the marriages in Foundations Church. Um, if we can just, man, if I had only done this, if I, and, and that's what I hear so many times. We go through divorce, we come to the end of a relationship, we come to the end of a marriage, and we said, man, if I had only done this, if I had only done that. And so before we go any further in the message, before we go any further actually in the series, man, I want us to talk about if I had only found myself, if I had only found me, because I got to tell you, if you have to find you because your relationship won't be good if you aren't good. Your, Your relationship won't be good if you aren't good. Now, good sounds so vast, like it's so broad, like what, what do you mean by good this morning, Justin? Well, let me tell you what I mean by good. Your, your relationship won't be good. Your relationship won't be a place 
where love is constantly in it, where it is a source that brings you more joy than it does pain, that your relationship is where faithfulness and patience are always active, that self-control is constantly evident, where you are kind to one, on, to one another and there's a lot more peace than there is a lot more stress. Can I tell you, I just described the fruits of the Spirit in the relationship. That, that's the fruit of the Spirit alive and active in your relationship. And the fruit of the Spirit is what our lives should be producing as a follower of Christ. And if it's producing it in our life, it should be producing that in our relationships, especially in the romantic relationships with your significant other. And the question is this morning, is your relationship good? As I just defined good. Is you, not, don't do the Sunday school answer. Like, yeah, it is, it is. Yeah, Jesus, that's the, that's the answer, right? In Sunday school, that's uh, Jesus. That's <laughs> what we do. Is your, really, when, when you get in the car, when you go home and the kids are like watching TV before the Super Bowl, I want you to sit with your spouse. I want you to sit with your person you're dating or you're engaged to and say, man, is our relationship good? Is it a place where love is abounding? Where there's more joy than there is pain? Where self-control is evident? Where there's patience and there's kindness always active? Man, where there's peace instead of strife because if not something has happened something's going on and, and what I understand is that you can't put something in that you don't have you can't put something in a relationship that you don't possess inside of you and so this morning, it's a lot more than just talking about your relationship, your future relationships, all that. This is huge. In fact, I changed my outline just last night on this. We're not even going to get to my second point that I had because this is such a big part of this whole series is, man, are you good being you? Are you okay being alone and working on you, do you know who you are? Or are you still trying to find yourself? And this morning, if you're trying to find yourself, let me give you some advice, and it's our point this morning. The key to finding yourself as a follower of Christ is simply this, you've gotta forget about yourself to find yourself. You've gotta forget about yourself to find yourself. And this is totally counterculture. This is, this is uh, something that has been around for over 2,000 years, that if you're truly going to find yourself as a follower of Christ, as a person that is devoted to the Lord, the way you and I find our true selves, not our emotional selves, not ourselves in this moment, but how we truly find ourselves for this phase, and then when we, have, when we get married, and then when we have kids, and then when we have teenagers, and then when we're empty nesters. If you're gonna find yourself that is constant, that is the same, I gotta tell you, you gotta forget about yourself in order to find yourself. Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, out of the message translation says this, if your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. 
But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. That's so good. If your first concern is to look after yourself, you'll never find yourself. But if you forget about yourself and look to me, you'll find both yourself and me. I, I, I run into people all the time. I'm just trying to find myself. I'm just trying to find myself, right? You run into people like this. I'm trying to find myself. I'm trying to find who, who am I? You know, what, what kind of woman am I? What kind of man am I? You know, who am I? And, and what Jesus is saying here is this. You're never gonna find you by looking for you. You find you by looking for me. Because as long as you're looking for you and who I am and who am I to find it, you were not meant to define yourself. But that is a role only carved out for a relationship that is healthy, that is active with Jesus Christ. And he says this. Man, if, if you're thinking, you're, you're never going to find yourself if you're just trying to find yourself. But if your goal is to find me, to forget about yourself long enough to find me. You won't just find me. You won't just figure out God a little bit more and a little bit better. You'll never fully have him figured out, trust me. But you'll have a better grasp of who God is and what his plan is for your life. And in the process of that, you're gonna find yourself. You're gonna find who you truly, truly are. When, my, I, when I find my identity in Christ, I got to tell you, there's no identity crisis. There's no midlife crisis because my relationship and my identity is based on somebody and something that never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so my, my identity doesn't go up and down even though life does. My identity stays the same. And can I tell you, we are in bad need of consistency in our relationships and in life. Man, our society is crying out for something that is just consistent, that you can count on. And your relationship needs something that is consistent that you can count on, and your identity was never meant to be wrapped up in you and your accomplishments and your stuff and all these things, but in your identity in Christ. Here's what's happened. For, for too long, we've allowed things to become our identity that has never meant to be our identity. And let me give you two things that were never meant to be our identity, two things that I see that are really, really big when it comes to our self-identity. And the first one is this, stuff. I know that's really profound, right? Stuff. We have let stuff define us, right? It says this in Proverbs chapter 23, verses four through five. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly like an eagle. Don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Why do we try to get rich? Because of the stuff that it brings, right? If you've ever driven a hoopty, if you've ever driven 
Um, anybody know what a hoopty is? You know what I'm talking about. Like it's a, just a piece of junk car that was huge. They don't make them anymore. But that, like my dad had an 83 Cutlass, I believe, that I got to drive in high school. That was, it was a hoopty, man. That's what I wanted to get in a wreck in because I was like, I will kill you if I get in a wreck with you because this thing's solid. Um, if you drove a piece of junk car, like a, I'm getting ready to say somebody's car, and I already apologize, so, but you know it and I know it, so let's just be honest. If you drove a Geo Metro, maybe you still do. You drove a Ford Tempo. I drove a Ford Tempo. The electric seatbelt. Some of you remember this, and it would like haywire and start choking you to death, and you're like, Ugh! Look like a Tommy Boy moment, like Chris Farley right there. Here's the deal. If you ever drove a piece of junk car, the greatest thing you got to do is go on a trip and rent a car. Right? Because you, you didn't rent a Geo Metro. You didn't like, I need something I'm really familiar with. <laughs> Can you put me in the sorriest car you have? Which would be a hybrid now. Um, I'm sorry, um, but... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm offending everybody today, um, but it's good. Here's the deal. Um, you, you got like a nice car. Like even if it was not, like even if it was like a Nissan Altima, you know, it was new, it smelled new, and you're like, yeah, I'm in an Altima. I'm not in a Geo Metro, you know? I'm like, woo! Um, the other day, a couple years ago, the other day is also equals a couple years ago in Justin Gray's world. Um, I say this all the time. Um, we got a four-door Jeep, like Jeep Wrangler, um, and it, you could take the top off. We were in Michigan, and it was bright red, and like, I was like, yeah. Um, I was like, we walked in, and they had a car, and I saw the, the Jeep Wrangler, and I was like, how much for the Wrangler? And they were like, it's $10 more a day. I go, that's $10. I'm going to spend more a day. I want the Jeep Wrangler. And so um, we're up in the kind of almost by the UP in Michigan, the Upper Peninsula, and we decided to go on a road trip, and I took the top off. I'm like, this is going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. We're going to make memories, and we're driving, and it was like a National Lampoon's vacation uh, moment. I'm like, isn't this great, kids? And I look back, and their lips are blue. They're shattered. They're like, oh, it's so cold. <laughs> Casey jumps back there. I've got the heat completely on. I'm like, this is such a memory maker right now. Um, but here's a problem. You get this nice rental car. It feels good. You look good. Um, and, and you got to turn it back in. And when I had that Jeep Wrangler, I didn't turn into this like hippie, grow my long hair out, only wear flip-flops all the time, and be like, oh, dude, all the, no, no, no. I, my, my identity stayed the same, right? The, the stuff has no longer defined me, and your stuff was never meant to define you. Just because you drive something nice doesn't mean you're a success. And just because you drive something that you would term hoopty or geometro doesn't make you a failure. Can I tell you, your stuff was never meant to define you, and the moment that it starts defining your value is the moment it becomes an idol instead of stuff. Amen. Look in the Bible, that's exactly what it is. When you get your identity from where you live or what you live in, Gotta tell you, it's no longer stuff, it's an idol. And your identity is always gonna be in crisis because as long as I have stuff, I know my identity. But what happens when the stuff disappears? 
What happens when you no longer have the house? Some of you, you feel like a failure because everybody else has more stuff and nicer stuff than you, but that doesn't make you a failure. That doesn't make you any less, and you need to stop allowing your identity to be determined by what you own and what you, well, what are you, what, what you wearing? What you wearing? Who cares what you're wearing? Who are you despite what you're wearing? Who are you? That's, that's, what the, that's what the Lord's concerned. He's not going to be like, hey, did you wear a penguin or not? Like, did you wear polo or not? Because if you didn't wear a polo, I don't know if you ever got completely complete in who I designed. No. No. Stuff was never meant to be your value. Stuff, the things you have is just to have things. It can't have you. And for too long, stuff has had us instead of us having stuff. And you can't allow the stuff to determine your identity. You can't allow the stuff to determine that you're a success or a failure because of the stuff you have. Stuff is just stuff, not your identity. The second thing, the second place that we get our identity from that, that we, can't, we can't do this is our spouse is our, and let me, let me go a little further on this. Um, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you know, your, the, your significant other, um, your, your fiance. If you're not good by yourself, you won't be good because of someone else. And I, 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 I can't say that enough. I say it every relationship series we do, and I gotta tell you, if you're not good by yourself, you're not gonna be good because of someone else. It's just not gonna happen. I love my wife, Casey, to death. The only thing I would do different is ask her to marry me sooner. That is really, truthfully, the honest answer. And yes, that's a really good line, too. Um, but gets me out of a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> every wedding, I'm like, the only thing I would do different is ask my wife to, to marry me sooner. And like all the single girls go, oh, I need someone like that. And I'm like, like Casey, did you hear that? Um, <laughs> oh, this would be such a fun series. Um, your spouse I, I, was never meant to complete you. They, they weren't. And I know it's a great line. We're coming up on Valentine's Day, and I know what we mean, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to pick apart things. I, I'm not trying to pick apart all the Hallmark cards. I don't hate Valentine's Day. Um, Kevin Kunkel. Um, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't. There, there's nothing. But, but hear me. The moment you put that kind of pressure on your relationship that your spouse completes you is the moment your relationship becomes dysfunctional. Because that means as long as my relationship, as long as my spouse approves of me, then I approve of me. And that can't be. Your spouse is meant to compliment you but not complete you. To compliment your, man, my wife, I punted my coverage, married over my head, whatever you want to call it. I, I am very well aware of this. Very well, you don't have to come up and tell me after. I just want you to know how true that statement was. I know. <laughs> but here's the deal. As amazing as I think my wife is, her role is not to complete 
me. And my role is not to complete her. And where we go is we get this messed up why we're dating. We do. We, we, we get very messed up. We get very this turned around when we start dating and, and when we're looking for that significant other because a lot of times we feel like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not valuable. I'm just not attractive because no guy's acting, asking me out. Girls, let me, let me stop here. As a father of two daughters, I want to talk to every girl that's not in a relationship or you're dating right now. Hear me. You don't need a boy to complete you. You, you don't, a, a man doesn't bring more value to your life. It makes it all a mess. I'm just going to tell you right now. Um, you don't need, if you're getting your value from the opposite sex, that you are valuable, that you are beautiful, that you are, are man, that you're desirable, man, your identity is messed up, and don't you dare get in a relationship till that gets you fixed, because some of us were waiting to become the one on the one, but can I tell you, just start becoming who God has designed you to be. Stop waiting for a boy to come along and complete you so that you can chase after your dreams. Nah, shut up. That's dumb. Start chasing after the dream, the desires and the passions that God has put inside of you and wait for a man of God instead of a boy to come around and take you and lead you in the relationship of Jesus Christ and be a compliment to your life instead of complete your life. That's what God wants you to do while you're waiting, while you're in this process of saying, well, I don't know if I'll ever get married. Well, in the meantime, do you. In the meantime, do you. All the guys here, it doesn't mean that you're a loser if a girl keeps turning you down. Do you know how many girls turned me down <laughs> in mid-high? Who am I kidding? High school, <laughs> college. <laughs> My freshman year in college, I purposefully, and some of you won't believe this, I purposefully decided I'm not going to date anyone my freshman year in college, because I need to figure out me. Um, as I was stupid, I was crazy, but spiritually I was really mature for my age. And I was like, man, I need to know who God has designed me to be and who he's created me as a man of God before I get in a relationship with the opposite sex. And guys, I would challenge you the same way. Figure out who you are before you get in that relationship. She'll, she'll compliment your life. Man, you're going to outpunch your coverage no matter who you marry. I'm just telling you. Who you get in a relationship with. But your relationship won't be healthy and won't find its identity in Christ if you haven't found yours first. And it won't be healthy if you're not healthy. And we've got to cut down on dysfunctional relationships and the only way we do that is by finding who we are in Christ. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 17. It says, only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him. God has assigned a life, a purpose for you. Lead that life into which God has called him. This is my rule in all the churches. I love the way the message translation reads. It says, and don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. I love this. God, not your marital status, defines your life. Holy cow. 
Don't think I'm being harder on you than others. I give the same counsel, counsel in all the churches. So, how do you find you? Last week I talked about you do you, right? We talked about you do you. I do me, girl. You do you. But how do you do you when you don't know who you is? <laughs> I'm not repeating that because I'll never be able to. How, how do you do you when you don't know who you is? When you don't know who you are, I've talked about what can't define you, but what does define you? How do you define yourself? And I, I, I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's so simple, but we get away from it, and it's simply this. In order for you to find you, and in order for you to do you, you've got to stay grounded in the Word and connected to the vine. You've got to stay grounded in the Word and connected to the vine. Grounded in the word and connected to the vine. Married people, you got to stay grounded in the word and connected in the vine. Not just grounded in your relationship, grounded in the word of God and connected to your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're dating, you got to stay. If you're going to find your identity, you got to stay grounded in the word no matter how well you know it. I heard a pastor say the other day, I've read the Bible 10 times. I'm going to stop reading it and start reading other books. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard. You got to stay grounded in the word and connected to the vine. The word, I, here's the deal, I might feel like something or feel like someone because of the emotion in the moment, but that doesn't mean I am that someone or that something. I talked about how I have been mistaken for Kyle Orton once in Miami, but my better story is this. We were on a cruise ship when I was 28 years old. Um, my in-laws took Casey and I on a cruise. It's the only cruise I've ever been on, and I probably won't ever go on another one because I feel like Buddy the Elf on a cruise in the shower. I'm like this, just splashing water up. I'm like <laughs> sleeping on the bed like this. I'm like, it's not good. It's not good. Me and cruise ships don't, don't, don't mix. Um, but while we were there, I had this Oklahoma football shirt on, and I was, I was a lot bigger. I weighed about 260 back in the day. And uh, some of you are like, no, you didn't. I don't believe that. Um, yes, I did. I weighed about 260, and um, I had this Oklahoma football shirt on, and we're walking around the cruise ship. Casey's with me, and we had this, this set of grandparents come up and go, were you an OU football player? And I go, I sure was. <laughs> and Casey's like, starts pinching my arm, like, stop pinching me. Um, she goes, well, when did you play? I said, oh, I played in the down years with John Blake, never saw the field. Um, she goes, would you mind signing this for my grandson? I go, absolutely. I signed my name, number 82. I mean, I put a number to it because my age was 28. Reverse that thing. I was tight end. Um, <laughs> let, her, let her go on her way. In case he's like, how could you? I'm like, how could I not? Um, <laughs> I... God's still working on my line, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. Just because somebody mistook me for a football player and just because I felt like an OU football player at that moment didn't make me an OU football player, right? And just because you feel a certain way and somebody thinks you're a certain way doesn't make you that person, doesn't make you that identity, some of you, you feel like a failure. Some of you, you feel unforgiven. Some of you, you have so much regret and guilt, it's hard for you to come to church. But just because you feel that way doesn't make you that way. 
And let me tell you what the Word of God says. And, and this actually came from the assistant of the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, John Holland, um, Pete Carroll. I actually got this list from him. And, and here's your identity in Christ. According to Jeremiah 31.3, you are beloved. According to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, you are a child of God. Zephaniah 3.17 says you're delighted in. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says you are forgiven. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 says that you are a saint. In 1 Peter 2.9, it says you are set apart. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says you're an ambassador of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says you are a co-laborer. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 says you are washed clean. Galatians 5.1 says you are free. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.15 says you're adopted into God's family, not just born in, but chosen to be in. In 2 Corinthians 2.15, you're a sweet aroma. In Deuteronomy 31 8, you're never alone. Ephesians 2 10 says you're a masterpiece. Psalms 139 verse 14 says you are wonderfully made. Romans 8 17 says you are co heirs with Christ. 2 Corinthians 5 21 says you are righteous. 2 Corinthians 5 17 says you are new. 2 Corinthians 3 12 says you are bold. Psalms 18 35 says you have guaranteed victory. Jeremiah 29 11 says you have a secure future. And Colossians 2.10 says you are a whole in Christ. That is who you are. You have to be defined by this, identified in this. And the only way this comes through is if you stay grounded in this. That's who you are. Not what you feel, not what other people say you are. This is what defines who you are. Are and it's crucial that you stay grounded in the Word of God no matter how mature or how new you are in your relationship with God because you get your identity in this, not from what you feel. Man, this brings identity. Emotions brings crisis. The last thing is this. You stay connected to the vine. John 15, verse 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And I got to close because I'm over time anyways. So I didn't even get to my second point. Hey, amen. Maybe the lone survivor in that one there. Um, <clears throat> here's the deal. You got to remain connected to the vine. You... you not, and hear what I said. I didn't say connected to the church. I love the church. I love the church. I love Foundation Church. I think you should be here every Sunday. And I know there's a lot of people out with the flu or you're scared because of the flu with your babies. I get it. And I'm glad you're watching online. I love the church. I think it's important. But you can't be just connected to the church. You've got to be connected to the Savior. He is the vine and you are the branches. Apart from him, you can do Nothing. And we admit, I can't have a fruitful marriage apart from him. I, I can't be the, the, the husband, the spouse, the wife that I'm supposed, that he's calling me to be instead of I feel like being apart from him. How do you find your identity? You stay grounded in the word and you stay connected to the vine because most of us, we get caught up instead of remaining in. 
We get caught up with what everybody else is doing. We get caught up with what everybody else is chasing after. We get caught up with how other people are living their relationships out. And that's not how you're called to live your relationship out. That's not how you're called to live your marriage out. Isn't by watching everybody's Instagram and Facebook posts and see, well, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. So I'm going to do that because if we started doing what everybody else is, is popular in society, we'd all be popping in Tide Pods, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen teenagers do. Right? The only reason teenagers are throwing Tide Pods in their mouth, you're like thinking I've got the Holy Ghost right now. It's Tide Pods. Um, and they're eating because other kids are doing it. Nobody wants to eat laundry soap. Right? They're just getting caught up with what everybody else is doing. And we can call teenagers, oh, that's a stupid teenager. It's so dumb. And we can say that. But can I tell you, adults, it's not that they're so dumb. We're just more calculated with our risk. And they cost a lot more. And, and, and why, why do we risk things? Because we get caught up instead of remaining in. And we get disconnected from the Savior. We get disconnected from this personal relationship with Jesus Christ as a couple. And we start chasing after what everybody else chases after instead of what he's calling us to. And it's so easy to do. It's so easy to just start drifting and becoming like everybody else. But one thing I have discovered is this. You become who you hang around the most. You start thinking like who you, who you hang around the most. Can I tell you, when Casey and I go places, I know what Casey is thinking the moment people start talking to us. Um, if there's something that they say that Casey doesn't agree with, I just start smiling. Because I know, Casey doesn't have to say it. I know how Casey thinks. I can be in a room full of people, and if Casey's talking, I can tell you when Casey's talking because I know the sound of her voice and her accent, her little Texan pie accent. I, I know, I, I, know my, I know how to make Casey laugh, and I'm really good at making her frown and get mad. Um, I, I know these things. Why? Because I hang around around her a ton and our relationships gets better the more time we spend together but it's very strange how this works the less time we spend together our relationship gets strained and can I tell you it's the same with your relationship with your savior Amen. the more you remain the more you stay connected the more you learn to think like he thinks the more you know how to recognize the sound of his voice the more you know how he would operate in this sort of situation, in this circumstance, because the Holy Spirit is your comforter, he is your counselor, and he is your help. But when we start straining our relationship and not spending the time that we should spend connected to the vine, can I tell you, our relationship gets strained with him. And we start forgetting the sound of his voice, we don't start thinking like he thinks. Instead, we get caught up thinking like everybody else instead of remaining in. And my challenge to you, I'm, I'm closing, I'm done, is simply this. You don't know your identity? Take time. Stop just for a second. And stop looking at the stuff. Stop looking at other relationships. Stop looking at people to define you and bring you identity learn to stay grounded in the, man, God, what do, you, what do you say about me? 
What does your word say about who I am? And don't you let emotions hijack your identity. And remain. Abide. Man, minnow means just to stay. It's the Greek word for abide. It means to just stay, to stop. Just stay connected to the vine. Because apart from that, you're never gonna find your identity. As long as you're looking for yourself, you'll never find yourself is what his word says. But when you start looking for me, you'll not only find me, but you'll find your true self. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I come before you today, and I just ask, Lord, just like this song that was sung by the perfectly lonely, God, that we would be okay being by ourselves, And that, Lord, we would be good with ourselves because the simple truth is if we're not good with ourselves, we won't be good because of someone else. And so, Lord, I pray in this place we would find who we are in you. The Lord, there would be no identity crisis that we keep changing who we are like Halloween. Oh, this is me, and this is the new me, and this is the new me. No, 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 no. That, that God, there would be a consistency with who we are. God, that we, our identity doesn't change, but how we act still does. God, our actions change, but who we are in you is the same today, tomorrow, and forever. So, Lord, I, I pray for some of us that we're here. We just, we just don't know us. Maybe we're in our marriage and we don't know us and it's caused problems. And we keep trying to find our value from our spouse, but our spouse was never meant to give us our full value. Our spouse was never meant to give us our full identity and it puts undue pressure and expectations on something they were never created to be in the first place for us. Lord, let them be a compliment, but let our completion be found in you. Lord, that we're yours. That we're defined by your word instead of by our emotions. God, I pray, I pray in this place that we would remain in you and not get caught up in everything else so that we can find who you have designed us to be as your children, as your followers. In Jesus' name, I pray with heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you say, Justin, I'm here. And I'm not where I'm supposed to be in my relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to give you a chance to change that. If you're in this place and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you're just not where you need to be, you got disconnected from the vine. You say, Justin, I need to recommit my life today. I'm going to count to three, and if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand, and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. Don't miss this moment. This is where your first step of finding your true identity is. This is where you start staying connected 
and remaining in the vine. If that's you, when I get to three, I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one hand. There's two. There's three. I see it. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, I want to join these three hands. Yeah, there's one more. There's four hands. You say, Justin, that's me today. I just, I just got disconnected somewhere along life, and I just need to, there's a change that needs to be made, and you join these four hands that are raised. Before we go any further in service, you say, Justin, that's me today. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned and I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. I ask that your grace and love would enter my life. Jesus, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life that you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.